Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. Today it's time for Woo Bits, where I bring in a guest host and we have a conversation around a topic I come up with. I'll tell you more about how you can be a guest host and also possibly sponsor Woo Bits. But let's get into the show. Mark Westgard joins me as we talk AI. At least a bit about chats, art, some Woo, and how Mark has incorporated AI into his plugin, WS Form. Neither of us consider ourselves an expert in the subject matter, but we talk about how we have used AI and a bit more. Hey, Mark Westgard, how are you doing today? I am good, Bob. How are you? I'm doing good. We are doing the old woo bits and going to go into something we both touch on a bit with experience, and that's intelligence, but it's artificial. <laughs> <laughs> So we are we are actually going to talk about AI, and both of us know as much as maybe anybody else in the general population. But I thought it would just be fun to talk about a few areas of it, you know, kind of how it affects WordPress and builders and all that good stuff. And I know you're you've been dabbling in some interesting things we can touch on, but yeah, let's just kind of you know dive into it. And I'm you know I thought we'd start with just like the chat, the, you know, content, creating content. Everybody's talking about the content yeah. out there, you know. And full disclosure, no part of this podcast was built using chat GPT. No, it wasn't, you know, it's, um, <laughs> I, I should try to do, uh, you know, there's actually, and I will put this as a side note and whether people are interested, one of the podcast, uh, tools I use Descript, if you can actually read into it, and if something needs to be corrected, you'll read a script two or three times. It'll insert that into your voice, your voice into it. So it does use it. Oh, wow. I haven't done that yet. I I want to experiment with it and just maybe do a short five minute weird thing that I don't know what I, I'm not sure exactly what it does, but it does. I I've heard it does it quite well. So that's kind so of scary. When, like yeah, most so, things AI right now, huh? We're yeah, not so, used to it. Yeah, so pretty soon it'll just be, you know, Bob, the AI chat will come in and I'll just be off <laughs> um, laying on the beaches of Portugal somewhere and letting <laughs> that just handle everything. I'll just no. be talking to a computer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how much have you dabbled in the, like the, um, you know, the chat GPT? I'm just throwing that out because that's. You know, I, I tried it. I was I was kind of late to the game, but I was trying it over Christmas and um, did play around with it quite a bit because I was interested in developing some OpenAI stuff. Um, good friend of mine, Andrew Palmer, who runs Bertha.ai, um, he he kind of introduced me to the whole thing. You know, I tried his plugin and was quite impressed with what it was spitting out. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, there were other people in the industry, getting involved with OpenAI. So I thought I would start to investigate this OpenAI API to see what it could do. So I thought I'd give ChatGPT a go, which is built on OpenAI and um, GPT-3, I believe it is. And it's impressive. I mean, you know, you can can ask it questions. It's kind of like a a Google on Turbo 
you know, rather than Google giving you a list of pages to trundle through, you're immediately given the answer that you're probably looking for in those hundred results that are given back to you. So, in that respect, I'm sure Google are trembling in their um, in, in in their beds, wondering what they're going to do next. But uh, it was it was impressive in, ter- in terms of you know, if you just ask it a general question like who was Albert Einstein, it will give you a nice paragraph about it, and if you asked it again, it would give you a different version of that. And I know there's a whole thing around. Where does that content come from and is it copying other people's stuff? And so I thought I'd copy some of that into Google to see if I could find it and nothing came up. So it's very cleverly changing that that content output. Um, then there's, you know, the whole discussion around how do we make sure that students aren't using this content in their their work? And then uh, Stephanie Hudson, also from Birth Ray, I actually wrote something recently about watermarking content from these AI systems so that systems could detect where the content was coming from an AI-based system, which was quite interesting to to read about. Uh, I'm not quite sure how on earth that works. I mean, on a short sentence that comes about, how how do you watermark that to... I mean, it, it, it reads so well as if someone had written it. Um, but I asked, so then I, you know, as, as well as doing just text content, I was asking it to write some code, for example. And basic code, it would give you a nice outline and and... You know, I could use it for something if I really wanted to. Could I type into it? You know, please make me the Yoast plugin. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you're t- <laughs> you're talking tens of thousands of lines of code to, to build these plugins, and it's just not there. I don't think it'll ever be there in terms of building huge systems like that. But being able to build small snippets of code with, uh, you know, a good outline of, of how to do things um, was was not too bad. You can even ask it to play games with you, you know. So I could say, "Let's play chess" or "Let's play noughts and crosses," and it would start playing a game with me. That was freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's um, it's clever. It's it's fun to play with. It's a little bit uh, it, it, it's a little bit like when you first got on the internet all those years ago. It's like, wow, this thing's really cool. Um, it's definitely that new thing that I've been waiting for. That's change changing the industry. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm impressed with it, and I've been playing with it more with with the AI, and we'll come on to that later on. But uh, uh, I, I was impressed with it. You know, there's all the discussion around the moral side of it and stuff like that that we'll we'll come on to. But yeah, have you if you had a play around with it? You know, I have, and uh, you know, as far as the coding, I talked a little bit more about that um, a tweet I found. But when I got into it, it was like, okay, I thought this is a rabbit hole. You know, I, I need another thing to um, take me down into the depths of, of uh, I don't know what. But, you know, I first it was like, oh, I'm typing in just questions like that. And it's like, wow, this is kind of cool. And, you know, it, it was to the point where I thought, man, maybe I should, you know, not spend another hour doing this because this is, <laughs> it, it, it be, kind of the informational was good and then it kind of became into you know for me a little bit of entertainment just to see what it'd come back and say and i thought well i can spend a lot of time in here so i put that aside but then i started thinking about it and thought you know what what would be some potential uses i'm not gonna write in have it write an entire post for me or anything so a couple things i a couple three things i did is I remember one day I was, I spent about 10 minutes trying to think of a title for my podcast and I just couldn't quite get, find the right words. So 
I put in a little bit of the description of the podcast and right. asked it. And it came back with this brilliant title that I had to shorten and tweak a bit. Of course, I didn't use it word for word, but it was like it was a perfect tool to help me over a hump, you know, because normally I wouldn't go in for every right. yep. you know, title. I can usually whip it out fairly good, but that one was just driving me nuts. And I thought, wow, this is just what I was looking for, the two words. And I just, my brain was just having that moment. So I started thinking more of what I could do. One of the things I tried is I started up a YouTube channel again and when I was doing the descriptions in the YouTubes, I thought, well, you know, am I just kind of repeating the descriptions from the site? And I want to make them a little bit different. And I, I did something interesting. I always do like bullet points that I u- basically use as headings in the transcript. So it kind of highlights some of the topics talked about. And I thought, well, what if I put in and ask it, will you summarize this? and put in all those bullet points. And it actually worked fairly well. I had to break it up and make it a little bit more human sounding because it was just too much. Mm -hmm. But the other interesting part of it is you've got to pay attention to what those bullet points are saying. For example, I, I put in there the history of the company the guest was with. So it interjected who the founders were, what Europe was founded. And it was like, whoa, that's way too much information. So I pulled that out. So <laughs> and then I think the third thing I used it for was a few um, um, like meta descriptions in the SEO I put in or something. It's just those moments where it's just not fluidly coming out. I'll just put something in. And I've right. seen a lot of people say they use it the same way. As a starting point, you know, something to just pop it in and say, Mm -hmm. give me something here I need to work with. And often it comes back with something that, especially those moments that I'm a little bit stumped or I just don't have the time that I can rework it, but it always needs to be reworked. And and it's never just, you know, removing a word or two. I think it's good for giving you a, a starting point to work with. And, and there's a whole thing around trusting AI content. And I, I don't think we should trust AI can, content and take it as kosher, <laughs> yeah. particularly on the coding side of things. I, I fear that people are going to use this technology and say, okay, well, my boss has asked me to write a loop that does this. I'll put that into chat GPT or whatever and out comes some code and then you you – if you just publish that and hope for the best, I think that's a bad idea. Because uh, some of the code I'm seeing come back, you know, in in essence, it's it's okay. But you would never use it in a production environment. You really need someone that knows how they're coding to get that efficient. You know, it doesn't take into account account security. Um, you know, I, I asked it to. I actually asked it to. I put in, please make me a form plugin for WordPress, and it, and it started writing this code. And, and none of it was escaped. No security was taken into account. And it's these types of things that it's just not going to pick up on. Uh, it was interesting. I was listening to a podcast just prior to us talking um, about the whole thing around the fact that open AI and AI systems are ultimately trained by humans. They, they don't just become intelligent straight away. They, they become intelligent by people feeding data into them. And a lot of these systems have you know, people sitting there day in, day out, teaching this thing for money. They're they're getting paid to do this. So the results you're seeing back are based upon people actually using this system and saying, yep, that's correct, or no, it's not correct. And that's how you train these AI systems. So, you know, and they were talking about 
these poor people having to look at images and and determining whether these images were offensive or not. Uh, and these people are getting traumatized doing this. It was it was quite interesting listening to this this podcast um, about you know all the technology behind it. It's incredibly it's fascinating to me, and and I don't think the full impact of it has yet been realized. It's still relatively new, and I think Chat GPT has been a first attempt at making AI accessible to people. Right, because before, if you wanted to use Open AI, you would be talking to their their API which for the you know the general customer is not going to work for them but chat gpt is just a box and you start typing into it and asking it to to generate stuff for you so i think that's what's really uh you know caused this fascination in the media um and in the general public to to want to investigate this further and learn more about it. All right. And I think it's a good point you said as far as I'm not going to use it for my research. I mean, when they came back and told me who the founders and the year this was founded, I thought, well, I wouldn't publish that unless verifying that. So I'm going to go and Google it anyway. And to just, you know, say, yeah, give me this. I'm going to put it up and take it as verbatim as the truth you know, could get you in a lot of trouble. And so I think, like I said, I find it a great tool to actually work on my own content that I've written and pull something out or or summarize it. That's what I've found the best is if I find a couple paragraphs and I want to summarize it and I might even use it for a tweet or I may use it for a, um, I may be sending somebody something. And, you know, I, I'm looking for sponsors right now. And I summarized my sponsor thing because somebody had asked something and it actually came up with kind of an interesting little spiel, you know, just succinct and clear and to the point. So, yeah, it's intriguing. Yeah, I, I did a similar thing the other day. I was writing a knowledge base article actually for an open AI product that we're working on. And I thought, well, okay, let's prove in the pudding, right? Let's let you write some of this this article. Uh, and I was, I wanted to do an introductory paragraph about what is OpenAI. So I asked it the same thing. It actually did the same thing to me. It started telling me about the founders of the company and everything else. And I really wasn't interested in that. I was just like, okay, what is it? You know. And I also asked it, how do I create an account in OpenAI so that I could just put that in the article? Now. I, I read over that and made sure it was correct and made sure that all the links and everything were correct. You know, will a younger generation do that? It, it's like when the internet came out, it was a whole new thing. And it's really how you use it. You can use it to be an incredibly powerful tool. You can also use it to do malicious things. Um, <laughs> it's like when the spell checker came out in Microsoft Word. Yeah, right. uh, Everyone suddenly became useless at spelling. <laughs> so... Will the same thing occur with with OpenAI? Are we going to you know dumb the human race down because no one's going to have to actually learn anything anymore? But um, I hope that we learn to educate people on how to use it and and not to take it on face value and to use it as a tool. You know, as you, just as you've been using it, just to come up with ideas uh, and get get yourself going. You know. Yeah. So, so anyway, I, I, I do want to touch a little bit on the coding again, but before we do just real quickly, let's talk about, um, I mean, there's so much in AI, we're obviously not covering it all, but, and I'm only bringing this up for a reason because we had chatted about it before is images. And, you know, I've seen a lot of the images and, you know, people are doing their profiles, making them look 
a lot more handsome, a lot less weight, um, you know, taking, you look like some kind of superhero and, you know, whatever. Those are, they're having their fun. That's, that's all cool. Right. And I, <laughs> Style yourself. I, I had asked you about um, one of them. I, I, I wanted to create an image. I was writing on my, I have a portobobwp.com and I, I wanted to find, I thought, well, maybe this is a way to generate some fun images. So I, I, um, I wrote a post about lists. I'm making lists for the move to Portugal and you had given me, um, I think it was, it's called, it's pronounced Dolly, Dolly, D-A-L-L-E. Yeah. Dolly. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, before this show, I did ask ChatGPT yeah, how D-A-L-L-E is pronounced, and it said Dolly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take that on face value. Uh, anyway, so I, I just put in, um, uh, I, I, I want somebody making a list in Portugal. In Portugal. That's all I said. And it came up with about five or six of them, and I, I shared one. I, I decided to use one because I wasn't like this blog is just my little fun blog to talk about my move. And it put this person writing in this notebook and the background was obviously I could tell it was a beach in Portugal. And I thought, well, cool. But the the writing's really this kind of scribbling weird stuff. And I don't even think it's Portuguese. Maybe it was their attempt. They said, am I supposed to do Portuguese? And so it looks like this person's having some problems making their list, which may be <laughs> good or bad. I thought that's kind of ironic because... I'm having trouble making a list. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it, it fits really well. So I ended up using it. And uh, anyway, that, that's that been my only experience with that. I mean, I've seen a lot of them. But, you know, it was, again, I thought I wouldn't use it for, like, I, I wouldn't want to per se say this is my original artwork or, or something like that. It was just like this for the moment, you know, I'm tired of looking at stock photos. I wonder if there's something that would be, it would create something a little fun. So what, what's your, what's your, your experience been with that? I mean, have you just kind of played around with it or? Yeah, I, uh, my well, I played around with Dolly before. Um, and then I have also been playing around with the open API, uh, open AI API. <laughs> which has an image component to it. And you can, there's two things you can do with it. You can, yeah, type in a description of an image and it will then create up to 10 images for whatever you've typed in. Um, the API is, it's relatively limited compared to what I've seen Dolly output. Um, but, you know, you can only create images which I think are 256 pixels up to 1024 pixels or something. And you can also use the edit feature of OpenAPR, which I think is quite interesting, where you can give it an image and then you can ask it to edit that image and it will then modify that image according to the edits that you've, you've given to it. Uh, I think there's more coming from OpenAPI on the image front um, to be able to do some of these more fun things that you can do with Dolly. So, um, But I, yeah, I haven't used any OpenAI images for anything, really. I've only just yeah. played around with it and just tried to create ridiculous looking things you know like a one-eyed furry monster uh <laughs> things like that um i'm more of a kind of shutterstock guy i like to go and get a photograph from somewhere and i know you do as well if you're looking for some um you know some some imagery to use but um yeah we we have um the the, the product that i've been working on is really just making that accessible to people using wordpress with forms and 
One of the areas I thought might be useful was for creating an avatar. You know, if you wanted to create an avatar of something, um, you could maybe type in what you want that to look like and then attach that to a user. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, but yeah, it's. I think most people are just using it for fun. And then the fun wears off after a while. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've turned myself into yeah. a gladiator. I'm done. <laughs> well, I actually, because um, I haven't figured out the editing part of it or anything. So I just, I dropped in my profile, just let it generate some. And I, I don't really know what, what it, but they were rather horrifying. What what came back and was like, oh my God, this is, this is like kind of, you know, I, I don't know. It was, it was, yeah, it's, it's. It's, I'm at a loss for words what came back. I thought, I don't know if this it would have detracted the audience, bad, but this is, you know, this is staying where it is. So, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, I, I want to get into that more. But let's, yeah. let's go back into more with uh, around WordPress and stuff. And um, hmm. so, just real quick before we get into the kind of the product things, what you've been doing, then this thing I saw on Twitter, I, I was thinking the same thing with. Woo shop owners or people um, running Woo commerce stores and stuff, and how this might work for in the future for um, or right now actually like product descriptions or you know some of the content that is very straightforward. You don't have to put any flair in it. You know, I know some people have said that the problem with some of this is you're not putting your voice into it. It's not hearing it really coming from. You, every, all of us have our own little writing style, but, you know, for a product that's not necessarily needed. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, product <laughs> descriptions, you know, this could be something that could be helpful with that. And then the whole imagery, I mean, they already are doing some AI with, you know, placing products, mm-hmm. like furniture in your home to see what it would look like and stuff. And so I'm thinking, you know, there's probably yep. Yep. already a lot that I haven't seen. And I know we've had some guests that have talked about that. But yeah, I think there's um, there's definitely some application there. I, I would like to see, and, and you know, I was mentioning Bertha.ai um, earlier. That That is a product that sits within WordPress that enables you to use the AI features of OpenAI. And I thought that a useful... Um, uh, use case of that would be if you if you have written a, a product description you could use OpenAI to maybe improve that description it would maybe look for grammatical errors or just look at different ways of wording things so that that might be um, a useful way of, of using AI to to improve what you've you've written on but yeah I think uh, you know also I was talking to some other uh, plugin owners that were doing stuff I was talking to um, Lifter LMS and they were saying this would be great for people writing course content. So, you know, you could write a question and an, and an answer uh, for maybe a test. And, and you could maybe help use AI to write that initial content. So, yeah, I think anywhere that you've got a text box or a need for an image, that it has, um, it has a purpose there, uh, whether or not you want to use it. Yeah, and I'll put a, a link in the... Transcript. We did have somebody come on and talk about AI, and they did a lot with a, a furniture company that did a lot of this. And it was it was um, dimensional, being able to look at a product from all different, you know. I mean, you could actually with a bed move the bed to see what it looks like underneath the bed for you know to show your cat or dog 
Hey, this is what it's going to look like. I mean, you know, if that's an interest to you, but it was intriguing that you could do that. So it was kind of this 3D modeling and stuff. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential. And I think in in the woo space, there's going to be even more. Just wanted to drop in and let you know that if you are interested in being guest host on the future woo bits, just drop me a line or ping me wherever we're connected. We'll have a place soon on the site to sign up in the near future. But until then, find me wherever you hang out. And if your company would like to sponsor our Friday's Woo Bit specifically and support Do The Woo and the Woo Builder community, again, reach out to me. But right now, let's get back into the show. The thing is, going back to, and I'm kind of jumping around here, I had found this thread on Twitter, and I'm not going to mention the person. Uh, they they have a private, uh, obviously, because not everybody can look at the Twitter thread, but was talking about how the impact of AI in the economy, you know, is it is there a danger to it? And, and she was talking more about, um, you know, one of the tweets that a lot of devs are excited at the prospect of saving time and therefore money by using AI to semi-automate their work. And does this bring in more low-paid, precarious workers, she goes on to say. And some developers are going to feel it's easier to get into it now um, because they can maybe use it or they assume it can be used, you know? And one of the questions she had is then, will there be the job of actually other developers fixing the problems this developer did with, by using AI. So it's a complicated mess. (laughs) And like you said, you know, you tried it. I mean, you've, you know, played around with it and stuff. It is, but it's, it's a tiny base. I, I think, um, one of the things you need to remember with with OpenAI currently is there's actually an, an upper character limit on it anyway. So you can only go... They're called tokens. The more tokens you use, the more output you get from it, the more you're going to pay OpenAI to get that result. A lot of companies that are using the OpenAI API platform are limiting the number of tokens that you can use. So you're only, you're only ever going to get a certain snippet back. This thing is not going to write the next Salesforce for you. It's just not capable of it. So small snippets like, you know, and really stuff that I as a developer probably go on Google several times a day trying to remember, you know, which which parameter is needle and haystack, you know, on a, on a particular function. Um, you could go into OpenAI and ask it that question and it would, it would tell you or write you a bit of code around that. But it really is a small snippet that's limited to about 4,000 characters. So I don't see anything significantly big being built with this i think it's really more of a tool to help you get a a structure down but the only thing that worries me is you know i've been i've been coding since (laughs) i was six years old i'm still learning things to this day about more efficient ways of doing things and optimizing code and if people start using this code literally um you know and and i but you know I, i see the same thing with people copy and pasting code off stack overflow and maybe they've copied the wrong piece of code. It's not the actual answer. And then they wonder why their code doesn't work. There's always the argument that learning how to do it properly is, is the right way of doing it. And this tool needs to be used sparingly and carefully to make sure that we don't take it on face value. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be in a right old mess and nothing's going to work. <laughs> so 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I think everybody, I, I see some tweets every once in a while come by. Somebody says, wow, I was pretty impressed of what it was able to put out. Well, you got to put some disclaimer on that, too, because the more we start emphasizing, it's like I'm even careful with what I would say around even using it for content. You don't want to just start saying, hey, I'm a copywriter. I mean, you know, I've been involved with it through Judy and, you know, doing it myself for over 35 years. And I still couldn't see, you know, putting out a solid post just using AI. That's just not going to happen. It's, it's a, it's a great tool, but, um, and, you know, and, but she goes on to talk about a little bit more into capitalism and just, you know, just wages going down. Is this going to make wages go down because, you know, of the fear of people using this. So, um, you know, hopefully it's going to all play out and stuff and it will, you know, I think it'll, it, we, everybody gets excited over this stuff in the beginning and, and what it can do and the potential. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. There's going to be kickback with any, anything like this. I mean, it's, it's less like the, and I've spoken about this before, just like the natural evolution of computing. You know, we, we used to feed cardboard with holes into a machine to make it do stuff. And that, that got rid of the need for this accountant. And then we put robots in car factories and got rid of the need for 10,000 people. You know, de-skilling happens all the time, unfortunately. And we need to adjust as a community to make sure that we keep up with this stuff, but also generate jobs around that. And I think there's there's always opportunity with these, you know, evolution in industry, in all types of industry. You know, we've we've as as a as humans, we you know, if you own the business, you want it to be as lean and as efficient as you can. If you're a worker, you want to be employed. So if you want to be employed, you need to do something around this to uh, keep yourself employable, um, um, which is you know, kind of what. I'm doing in, in a little bit with with my plugin is making sure that we've got that OpenIA component in there. I'm not sure it's going to be incredibly popular initially, but it's there as that product evolves and, and that we make that part of the product rather than trying to exclude it. So. Yeah. So let's get into that a little bit more because I think what anybody should be taken away from this is that, you know, it's a tool and also that you're going to find your own creative use for it. You're not just going to use it to replace something or say, I'm you know firing my copywriter because mm-hmm. now I have this software that will do that person's job. So it's looking at it and twisting it and molding it to whatever works for you. So you have incorporated it into your um, WS form, the contact form. And what I like about it is anybody might pause and say, wait a minute, what, Mark, you know, are you like just were you drinking that night and you thought it was a cool thing to do? Or, well, you know, I was. I mean, there, there might be, yeah. And it was a cool thing to do. But there might be <clears throat> a disconnect of what people would assume you might be using it for or just questioning why would you use something for that. So just give us a little bit around that because I think it'll be a good example to lead the way, at least get people thinking about, okay, you know, this isn't just about writing code this isn't just about creating some content or a picture of myself that makes me look younger and more handsome and better than i would have ever (laughs) been in my life (laughs) tell us a little you know just share a little bit about yeah so open ai has i guess four main components to it you've got a thing called a completion which is where you can ask it a question and it gives you an answer 
you've got a thing called an edit, which is where you can give it some existing content and you can give it instruction and say, hey, make all these letters uh, uppercase or fix my grammar, uh, and it'll it'll do that. That's probably my most favorite part of it. I like, I like the way that you can manipulate paragraphs of text using that system. There's uh, the image component, which obviously you type in a description of the image you want, and out pops an image, and you can actually edit those as well. There's also a moderation component to it as well, which um, you can give it a paragraph of text, and it will assess it for things like violence um, and give you scores on different things to moderate that content. When I saw the moderation component, I thought, well, that would be a great feature for um, detecting spam and offensive content. Um, so if somebody is sending you something malicious in a form or they're writing something that really you don't want to receive, I could use those scores and then spam flag a form submission. So that was kind of the initial thing I started working around. Um, then I thought, well, it would be great if if someone's got a, a form and they're creating maybe a post in WordPress, and that post may be some course content or a question um, or a lesson. Maybe having that completion component where you ask it a question and it gives you some output, being able to use that on the form before that form is submitted. So I did that. Uh, and then I thought, well, we might as well use the, these other components as well. So we have an image upload uh, component, and you can type in an image description, and it will then generate an image for you. And I thought, well, wouldn't that be great? Like I said earlier, maybe you could use that for an avatar image or maybe a featured image on a post. So you could have multiple AI components on a form. So you could have one that says, okay, help me with my description. Another one would say, generate me an image. And when that's submitted, you could use the moderation component to check if there's any spam in that. So as I was looking through, I'm thinking more and more, you know, this this could be a useful tool. And OpenAI is in is in beta. Um, it's it's a you know still an early product, but I thought let's get on that bandwagon now and um, and have that as a feature. So it was actually the OpenAI OpenAI open API is relatively easy to work with. Um, it only took maybe a couple of days to develop the core plugin. Um, and I just wanted to be there with it because there's so much discussion around AI right now. Um, it's a hot topic. It was a good thing for me to produce in terms of being able to talk about it. And, you know, here I am on on your show again talking about it. I just wanted to be that you know that one step ahead. So I do think it's got quite a lot of applications, and um, I put it on our Facebook page, and I've actually had some really great feedback from people already using it. Mm, interesting. Um, we have it available for free. So people can download it for free and, and have a play around with it. You can sign up for OpenAPI and they give you an $18 uh, free credit, which actually gives you a lot of tokens to, to play around with. You, you know, um, I don't think I've even used 10% of the, the $18 with all the tests that I've done. So, yeah, by all means, have a go at it and, and have a play around with it and, and see what you can get out of it. And um, you don't have to use it. You know, it's it's a tool that's there for people if they want to use it. No one has to use it. You don't have to feel compelled to use it. Uh, but if it's something that you feel would, would help your workflow or help you with your WordPress form, then it's it's available and there to use. Yeah. Interesting. So this just proves that all the stuff you can do with it. I mean, it's, you know, we I think we get to tunnel vision on some things and think, you know, Somebody says well, I'm incorporating it into this right away. Step back, and we're all still learning AI, so we're 
starting to get educated. And what's great about something like that is you're adding a little bit of education to the, you know, um, I, I mean, I might go in to chat sometime and say, hey, what's WS Forum doing with AI these days? See what it has and yeah. it replies. Yeah. I mean, I'm a tiny, <laughs> tiny little WordPress business and there's actually stuff in there about WS Forum, which I was, you know, quite surprised about. It's incredible how much uh, data it's got in there. And there's a, a new generation coming out, the fourth generation, which is supposed to just be ridiculous uh in terms of the the content that it, it brings back so yeah i'm 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 just sitting in the back seat and enjoying the ride and just see, seeing what comes of it yeah it's same here well mark so you know you've been on the t- show a few times but you know let people know where they can connect with you and then also um where they can find you know if they want to kind of play around with that and see what you're doing with that yeah yeah well uh the main website is wsform.com uh, you can find us on Twitter at WS underscore form. And if you want to have a play around with the OpenAI feature of WS form, um, if you go onto our website and click on knowledge base and then just do a search for OpenAI, uh, there's a page that pops up. You can actually play with OpenAI within that page. You don't have to install the plugin or download the add-on. You can just have a play around with it on the page itself. So by all means, uh, get on there and, and try it out. Cool. Excellent. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. Take care. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in and hope you enjoyed our second episode of the new Woobits. If you haven't queued us in yet, consider using my favorite open source podcatcher, Pocket Cast, or your preferred app. No matter how you listen or where you're at, until the next time, keep on doing the Woob.